Hello there. So let's continue with chapter 8 subchapters. Judaism in Yoga Once I was invited by the followers of Baha'ism to preside at a three-day conference at Pune, where I met two Jewish rabbis of Indian origin. They discussed the Kabbalah and I better understood the practices of Judaism after talking to them. There is a small group of Jews in India. Jews have been persecuted almost everywhere except in India. Parsis, worshippers of the divine fire, and Jews, meditators on the star of David, enjoy Indian citizenship exactly as they do. Yoga practices and practices of Kabbalah are similar. After studying the literature, I have concluded that the spiritual practices are identical in all the great religions of the world. The ancient philosophy of Sankhya, which is the basis of yoga, and the philosophy of Kabbalah seem to have the same source. According to the Kabbalistic system, life is associated with numbers. This is an ancient Sankhya concept. Many of the teachings of the Gita are similar to Judaism. These two great religions, Hinduism and Judaism, are similar and are the most ancient religions in the world. The Baha'i temple and religion accepts and emphasizes this fact in its monogram and, this, and its literature. The concept of Sri Yantra a highly and scientifically evolved ancient yoga process of enlightenment centers on the Star of David, also known as the Anahata Chakra in yoga literature and as the Sacred Heart in Christian practices. Sri Yantra was most probably known to the ancients of the temples of Solomon. According to the spiritual literature of the ancients, it is a very sacred yoga process. It helps one to establish his relationship with other beings, the universe and its creator. I believe that yoga is a complete science of life which is equally applicable and helpful for men, women and children. Religions are, are social sciences which help to maintain culture and tradition and support the lawful structure of human society. Yoga is a universal science for self-improvement and enlightenment. All the methods of self-growth which are found in any religion are already in yoga literature. During this conference, I found out that it is necessary for the religious and spiritual leaders for various groups from different parts of the world to meet, discuss and share their philosophies and ideas. I am very firm in my opinion that all great religions are one and the same, though their ways seem to be different. Diverse are the ways of enlightenment, but the goal is one and the same. If the spiritual leaders meet, discuss and understand other parts, they can help their communities and thus lead them to communicate with different groups and religions of the world. Anyone who says that his religion is the only true religion is ignorant and misguides the followers of that religion. Prejudice is like a poison that kills human growth. 
love is inclusive and is the foundation of all great religions i belong to none but god i once went to see a sage who was living by a river at that time i had a foolish notion that genuine sages are found only in the himalayas i thought it cannot be possible for a genuine sage to live on the banks of this small river situated so close to a city but i wanted to directly experience his way of living when i was still 4 miles from him he sent food to me but i was not impressed with this i thought this is nothing if someone is coming to see me i also may sense that he is on the way and prepare food for him this is not true wisdom when i met him he said you are late i am casting off my body tomorrow morning i asked why do you not wait for another 12 hours and teach me something he said no i have no time he had many followers of various paths hindus knew him as a swami muslims considered him as a follower of islam and christians believed that he was a christian the christians intended after his death to take him to his to their cemetery the muslims were adamant they planned to take him to their graveyard and the hindus thought of burying him and building a memorial the next day he left his body a doctor came and declared him dead for the next several hours there was great confusion the people of all religions and their leaders started fighting for his body the prestige of each group was at stake the district magistrate came to me and said you were staying with him perhaps you know what he really was you can help me in resolving this dispute i replied i don't know anything about him then i thought what type of sage is he he died and created a problem for me and others and did not teach me anything i said in my mind if he was a great sage he should not have created such a confusion this was the fourth hour after his death but suddenly he got up and said look i have decided not to die because you are fighting the magistrate and all the people looked at him with awe the sage said get out of my sight you hindus you christians and muslims you are all foolish people i belong to god and no one else then he looked at me and said my son don't worry now i will stay with you and teach you for 3 days and on the fourth day i will cast off my body quietly I lived with him for 3 days. My stay with him was very enlightening. It was one of the best times of my life. He taught me many things. Many times each day he repeated the same phrase. Be that which you really are. Don't pretend to be what you are not. He repeated this again and again. After 3 days he said I want to get into the waters then he walked into the river and disappeared
When people came to look for him, I told them that he had got into the river and had never come out. They searched for his body and made all possible efforts to recover it, but it was never found. The great sages do not identify themselves with any particular religion or creed. They are above all such distinctions. They belong to the whole of humanity. So there ends chapter 8. And that's it for today. Thanks for listening.